Absolute Radio Country is filled with the best sounds from Nashville 24 hours a day. But even we can't fit in everything. You'll find the full story right here. This is Country Music Talk, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the world of country music. Welcome to Country Music Talk Podcast. I'm Balin Leonard. You can join me every weekday on Absolute Radio Country for the no-repeat guarantee. All you need to do is find us on DAB Radio, download the free Absolute Radio app, or just ask your smart speaker to play Absolute Radio Country. Now, today's guest, legend, stone-cold legend, no way no way around it, it's Tim McGraw. He's been in the business for 30 years now. He's back with a brand new single, so let's find out all about it. This is the Country Music Talk Podcast from Absolute Radio Country. Uh, well, we've got country music royalty on the show today here on Absolute Radio Country, a man who has had uh, 10 number one albums, 46 number one songs. I mean, that might have changed by the time of this interview, the way things happen in this man's career. Uh, Grammy Awards, CMA Awards, ACM Awards. He's an actor. He's an all-around nice guy. Best arms in the business. He's a pilot. I'm talking about Tim McGraw. Welcome to Absolute Radio Country. Uh, thanks for having me, Balin. Appreciate it. Listing all of those things, which I, I know people do a lot, you know, in, in the business when they're talking to you, they they kind of go through your accolades. And I was thinking about that related to this fantastic new song that you had, Standing Room Only, which to me comes across as like it's about gratitude, it's about not taking things for granted. And I wonder with where you are in the stage of your career right now, and I think anybody can relate to this once they get to a certain level, once you get uh, the first one or two big moments in, in somebody's life, you really, really are so happy and so proud of those. And then as they start coming more and more, it's easy to lose that gratitude. You know, it's easy to kind of start taking things for granted. And I wonder if, you know, where you are, if, if you've ever found yourself in that position and how that relates to this great new song. I don't. I, I, I never take it for granted. It's always a surprise to me. It's always something that's exciting to me. At this point in my career, I've been doing this for over 30 years now. And, you know, they're always special. I mean, they're not easy to get. And it's always special when you do get them. And and I don't reflect a whole lot. I mean, maybe right. one of these days I'll sit in the rocking chair and think about my career, but I never think backwards too much, except for the bad stuff. But I'm always looking forward. I still think that I'm in the prime of my career. I mean, I still think that I have a lot more ahead of me. You know, it's interesting that you say that about remembering the bad stuff. And I think that that's really important for people to hear because I think that it's really easy for people to look at people like yourself or people that they admire or, or that they can kind of see on the surface and think oh, they've got it all sorted out. Nothing much must touch them, you know, because it's all good. It's actually a really important thing for people to hear that, Everybody can be affected by by little things like that. Absolutely. No matter what station in life you're you're in, you know, what your financial situation is or what mm. your what kind of life you're living, everyone is human. Everyone has to deal with real human emotions and real human situations and real human circumstances. You have to deal with those and money and fame and all those things that you have don't make any difference when it comes to dealing with human circumstances. I think it's an important thing to hear. And actually, this song, Standing Room Only, I mean, I think it gets right to the heart of that, doesn't it? Because aside from it being extremely catchy, it's also really touching and kind of really makes you think about life because I think everybody from time to time gets into their own mortality, but also being able to focus on the things that really matter. And I guess that's what this song is about. It does. And to me, it's really life affirming. 
It's, it's about all the good things in life. You can reflect on the bad things you've done or the bad things that have happened to you throughout your life. But the only thing that you can do to make it better is to get up the next day and be the best you, you can be. Make the next day better. I mean, and you'll fail. I fail constantly. You'll fail for the rest of your life. Every day, you'll fail at something, mm. but you always wake up the next day and do the next best thing you can. You said you've been in the business over 30 years. Is it for the past four decades, you've had a number one song and a number one album in each decade? That's a huge accomplishment. First off, I've got a great team around me, and that makes a huge difference. Sure. Uh, nobody can do it alone. That's for sure. If, if it left to my own devices, I would have failed a long time ago. To me, songs are... are king i mean there's there's tons of singers out there i mean singers are a dime a dozen but but songs are the most important thing and songs that really reach inside somebody it's easy to tell people how you feel but when you tell somebody how they feel and they didn't know they felt that way until they heard it on the radio and they heard a song that's like gosh i wish i could have said that to somebody or i wish i could have thought that when i needed it that's the power of music that's what I love about music. And that's what I love about songs. And to me, it's the most inspirational form of art there is. You know, when you hear a song in three and a half minutes, you can hear something that that says what you wish you could say. That says like, if, for instance, God, I wish I'd have said this to my daughter. Or I wish I'd have said this to my wife. Or I wish I would have said it this way to my, my father or my mother when I had the opportunity and I didn't have the words to say it. And when you hear a song that says that, I mean, sometimes it's like, you know, I don't have anything to say, but just listen to the song. I mean, I think that's one of the great things about artists such as yourself is that you're able to kind of take these experiences, some of them quite personal, but they end up being universal because there's things that everybody has been through or thought or felt. And we don't all have that gift that you have to be able to kind of articulate that and put that out there. And uh, to have the gift of kind of this art form where somebody like you does it, where, you know, bumpkins like me can just go, I can't say it, but here, Tim McGraw said it for me. Uh, it's a real gift. So, and, and I often think a lot of times, you know, th there, there are certain songs that you can listen to that, that will do more than a whole shelf of self-help books. Actually, for the artist, it does it as well. For me, mm. I mean, it, it's therapy. I mean, it's, it's yeah. like whenever I get to go in, into the studio and record a song, it's therapy for me. And, and a lot of times I'm singing a song and, and I didn't quite get the song sometimes. I mean, I get the song and I know I like the song. And sometimes in the middle of singing and a light bulb goes off and goes, oh, my gosh, it's just, it just hit me how important this line is. Sometimes you think it's a throwaway line and you start singing it and all of a sudden that line becomes more important than you thought it was. It's been a while since you've been to the UK. So, you know, everybody who was listening was like, well, you got to ask him when he's coming back to the UK. So where are we on that one? I hope soon. I hope we can get out there soon. I mean, I, I love every time we, we play in the UK, it's always incredible. I, the first time I played in the UK, when we played C2C concert, we did a lot of album cuts in that concert. And I was so amazed that everybody in the audience was singing album cuts along with me. Oh, yeah. I didn't I didn't expect that at all. In fact, I was nervous that nobody would know any of the hits. So <laughs> singing the hits and they knew them. I was like, all right, cool. They know the hits. And then what I would sing a sing an album cut that nobody had really heard unless they had bought the album or listened to the album. And they were singing along with that. That that's something that really jacks you up and gets you inspired and really just turn turns you on. Good. So it's on the list. You're gonna you're coming back at some point. We just don't know Absolutely. when yet. It's on the list. Uh, you know, I was um I was at the C two C that you and and your wife Faith Hill did, and I was walking backstage before your set. You know, minding my own business, rounded a corner, and there you're sat on a on a bunch of flight cases with your band just jamming. 
before you went on stage and, and having a little bit of a sing-along. And it was a glorious thing to happen upon. But I also thought, you just seem like you were having the time of your life. Is that something that you do before you go on stage? Is that part of your routine? Every show, we sit around and play songs. Play right. a lot of the old country songs that I know a lot of the old Yeah, because it was old school stuff that you were singing. Yeah. And that's sort of my warm-up exercise. Right. I'll put my voice up is doing that. And then after we do that, you know, about 10 minutes before the show, it's when I start getting into this sort of this, uh, you know, thousand mile stare sort of. Right. And I was an athlete my whole life. And so it, it, I look at it the same way I did before I went out and played a football game or a basketball game or a baseball game. It's sort of getting into that zone and getting ready. You did it all. But was your main thing baseball? No, actually, my main sport was basketball, but I played That's everything. It. I'm six foot, so I'm not like this super tall guy. But uh, basketball was my main sport. But I played everything and, and actually did pretty good at everything. My dad was a baseball player. My uncle was a baseball player. Right. It's sort of in my blood to be an athlete. So do you still follow baseball really closely? I, I do. I follow it more when it gets to playoff time. That's of when course. it gets really interesting because, you know, the the level of play goes goes up astronomically when it gets to playoff time. What do you think about the new rules in baseball? And we should explain what these are, by the way, in, in case uh, people don't know, because the bigger bases, the um, the time limit in between pitches. Yeah, the, the the pitch clock or whatever it's called. Pitch clock, and then you can't shift when you have left-handed batters. Yeah, because some people are loving it and some people are not loving it. As a baseball fan, where are you? I'm I'm torn. I'm uh -huh. torn. I, I understand the idea of speeding the game up. It's really offensive oriented. It's it's about scoring more runs and, and giving more advantage to the offense. The same in football. It's giving yeah. more advantage to the offense because everybody it's more offense oriented than they are defense oriented when they're when they're watching. But uh, to me, the beauty of defensive play is is one of my favorite things. I mean, offense is great, but I do think it takes away a little bit of the strategy of the game. To me, baseball has so many different strategies, and there's so many games in between, and so much art in between what the big plays are and how you, how you perform and how you shift and how you think the game out. That's why I'm not a big fan of the DH because I think that it sort of changes the game when you, when you don't have the pitcher batting, you know, I, so I've never been a fan of the DH. Yeah. I, you know, I, I have to say I'm a fan of the pitch clock though, because I, you know, I don't, I don't mind not waiting 10 minutes in between yeah, yeah. pitches, you know, get it going. I, <laughs> we got, I, I, we've got places I, to be here. Let's go. I agree with that. But if my dad was alive, he, he probably wouldn't agree with it. my dad was a pitcher. So right. I think he thinks it takes away from the mental strategy of a pitcher. Uh, so when you were growing up on your wall, let's let's go to little Tim McGraw's bedroom here. Posters of sportsmen and stuff like that, or did you have music stars that you were really into at that time as well? I was really into music, but I had a whole wall in my bedroom of baseball cards. I would take baseball cards and put uh, duct tape behind them, and I wallpapered an oh entire Lord, wall. Oh Lord, you can't sell them now. It's a funny thing that somebody had found my book of baseball cards when they bought the old house that I used to live in, I'd left them there when right. I was a kid. So somebody's got them and I'd heard they had them, but I haven't gotten them back yet. So I hope. <laughs> no, that's because they put them on eBay as Tim McGraw's Probably. baseball card collection. Probably. And I had a pretty good collection. Yeah. I bet you did. The funniest thing is, you know, I didn't know my dad growing up and I didn't know that Tug was my, Tug McGraw was my dad until I'd found my birth certificate at 11 years old. But oddly enough, when I was in elementary school, I had three baseball cards on my wall and one of them was Tug. Really? I had no idea he was my dad. He was one of my favorite players. Hey, you know, speaking of McGraw, somebody asked me this. They they said, is Tim McGraw like Irish or Scottish? And I was like, I don't know. 
I think it's a mixture. Right. I, I, I think it's more Irish than it is Scottish, but I think it originally came came from Scotland. But I think most of our roots are Irish. I got you. I got and you. I think Graw, it either means love or something along those lines. So I think my name literally in Gaelic sort of translates to son of love or son of kindness or something like that. Oh, that's a lovely thing. That's good, isn't it? I mean, you could probably find out quicker than I could, but that's what I've always heard. I'll ask around. I'll ask around, Tim. I'll let you I'll, I'll let you know. Um, just one more thing on the sports thing. Do you get into soccer or football, as we call it over here? I don't know much about soccer. Right. I mean, I appreciate the game, and I certainly appreciate the stamina that those players have to have. But I don't really understand it. Well, maybe but next I'm, time you're over, you should go to a soccer match. You know, I went to the World Cup. We were I was shooting a movie called The Shack in Vancouver. And I had a night off in the Women's World Cup. Happened to be going on in, in Vancouver. Our champions, yes. But we went to the game. And, and we were blown away by just how incredibly exciting it was and how much we got into it just by... And never have been to a live soccer game before, except from when my kids were playing when they were little. Sure, yeah. But uh, it was it was incredible. Ted Lasso really has, <laughs> has brought soccer into to everybody's consciousness now because that show's so good. Yeah, I was just catching up with it, actually. Um, last night, I've caught up with it. You brought up there that you were filming a movie. We have to talk about your acting career. I mean, there's no grass growing under Tim McGraw's feet. My Lord, as if you you got enough on. But music, of course, uh, uh, amazing. But also, congratulations on what an astounding acting career you've had. And, and, and of course, 1883, The Yellowstone World. What an amazing thing. It took me a minute, you know, for the first episode, it took me a minute to figure out that was you. Oh, wow. You know, anybody that knows me knows when I grow my beard out, it's, it's pure gray. So <laughs> right. <laughs> the hardest part about doing that was, uh, you know, I had to grow my beard out for a long time, but then dying it every other day was <laughs> right. the hardest part about doing that. But that was such an incredible, I mean, getting to do that with my wife. Yes. You know, part of the whole Yellowstone family. And then, you know, and never knowing quite how something's going to turn out. We knew the script was incredible. And, yeah. and Taylor Sheridan wrote the script and we were blown away by the script. But, uh, when we saw the finished product, we were really blown away by how good it was. We were we were really proud of that. And it was it was a lot of hard work. You know, I grew up riding horses, so it was a lot of fun to me because I got to ride every day and do all my stunts and do all the riding and Faith did as well. So it was a lot of fun to do that. But it was a lot of hard work. We were working for six months, six days a week, probably 12 hours a day, 16 hours a day sometimes. And, and, and that was just dyeing your beard. That was 16 hours right there. And yeah, that was just dyeing my beard. <laughs> But uh, it, it was so much fun. I mean, we had a great time. We were worn out by the time it was over. But it was, it was incredible to do. And and I was so proud of my wife. She did such a great job. She had only done two movies before that. And uh, she oh, she's a natural. Just blew blew everybody away. And anytime I was doing a scene with her, I was just in awe. Yeah, it's it's a it's phenomenal, and and it's on Paramount Plus right now in the UK. So um, if if anybody listening hasn't seen it, watch it. It is a phenomenal phenomenal thing. Just before I let you go, every now and again we play Taylor Swift Tim McGraw on the station. It pops up, and every time I play that, I think, now, huh? If I was Tim McGraw. How would I feel when that came out? How did you feel when that came out? Because what, I mean, I know obviously Taylor Swift 
as we know her now. But but even then, you know, a, a supreme talent, very clear that things were going to happen in that way. Did you know that was coming? Did that just land? I, I sort of knew that that was coming because I'd heard about her and right. knew that there was a song coming. My first thought was, gosh, and, and that was a long time ago. My first yeah. thought, gosh, have I gotten that old that <laughs> singing songs with my name in it now? Then I heard that she had written it like at 14 in math class. So that made me feel a little bit better. So it, <laughs> it made me feel quite so old. But um, I, I mean, I'm I'm pr I'm I'm proud of it. I'm proud. I'm, I'm proud of her. She's such a sweet girl, and I've known her since the beginning of her career. She actually opened for Faith and I on our Soul to Soul tour when she first came out. Just her. Uh, right. Okay. And um, did she sing Tim McGraw. Sing Tim McGraw. Yeah. She did. And were you backstage like? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I thought it's me. She's talking about me. Um, <laughs> she's. Uh, I think she's an incredible songwriter, incredible artist. Um, she's really has a way of tapping into her demographic that rarely artists come along that do what she's done. And then, of course, you guys, it's a bit of a full circle moment because then you guys did Highway Don't Care um, together along with Keith. So that must have been a nice thing all around, I reckon. That was incredible because um, she added so much to that record. And then Keith is one of my favorite people and one of my favorite artists in the world, too. And he's one of the best guitar players on the planet. And when I called him, sent him the record and asked him to play on it, he said, absolutely. And he sent back what he had played. It just blew me away. He just ripped it apart. I mean, it, it was just, it's one of my favorite guitar solos on anything I've ever had. Well, it's for, well, I mean, we love that song as well. Thank you so much, Tim, for taking the time to have a little chat with us. Well, thank you, Balin. Nice one. All right, you got to go fly a plane or grow a beard or something. I got to do something, yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll see you soon. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Balin. The Country Music Talk podcast from Absolute Radio Country. An in-depth look behind the scenes at the world of country music. Oh, that was great. Lovely to chat with Tim McGraw. What a nice man he is. Never met him before, really. I mean, saw him backstage, saw him on stage, never actually had a chat with him. So it was a great thing to do. And I hope you enjoyed it as well. Now, while you're here, make sure you subscribe to the Country Music Talk podcast so you'll never miss the latest interviews with the biggest names in country music. And I'll see you next time. If you enjoy the Country Music Talk podcast, chances are you'll also enjoy Absolute Radio Country. It's the place where real music matters. And we love country music just as much as you do. You'll find us online on the free Absolute Radio app on digital radio throughout the UK. Or just ask your smart speaker to play Absolute Radio Country. Country.